Welcome to Nothing to Fear, a weekly horror movie podcast. My name is Billy Schultz. I'm the host. And every week on the show, me and two of my friends talk about a different horror movie. And those two friends, to to date anyway, it hasn't been any different so far. But those are Alex Wan and Luke Mason. Alex, how are you doing this morning? I'm good, Billy. Have you watched Annihilation yet? Mm. Alex Wan, I have not watched Annihilation yet. I have not watched Annihilation yet. Have you ever thought to? You know what? We we were talking about putting either either doing 2022 movies for a month or creepy forest movies for a month and had we landed on creepy forest movies i was going to pick annihilation because i think it takes place around a forest or there's some sort of forest plot to it so i don't think annihilation is really a horror movie though so what the fuck does that matter (laughs) when has has that mattered on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm a troll hunter (laughs) You just watch Return of the Jedi, then. It's set in the forest. Amen. Amen. That's a good movie. I'll vote for that. Uh, so, no. I have not watched Annihilation. I hope that hasn't ruined your day. How else are you doing? Good. As I was saying earlier, I rolled out of bed. Well, now I've been out of bed for, like, nine minutes. But nine minutes ago, I rolled out of bed, like, 20 seconds ago. Yeah. Um, so, I'm not super fresh, but I have my water here with me. I have my two best buds here with me so i'm ready to roll <laughs> sounds good awesome and luke how are you how are you doing i'm okay i'm a little hungover uh celebrating mm-hmm. our friend danica's birthday which um when you're hearing this will only have been a day ago Woohoo! happy birthday Danica! somehow wow. we did it <laughs> we did it so i'm like pretty common sunday morning feeling of tired and mm-hmm. hungover and hanging out talking about movies so you know talking about movies i myself am doing well it's sunday afternoon right now and i've been up for a while i've done all my sunday chores and i'm just staring down the barrel end of a semester here with a lot of assignments and a lot of tests coming up and it's just like what are your sunday chores laundry that's the content the audience really wants that's what they want yeah so i do the laundry do you separate your weights and colors no, I don't. Yeah, actually, well, me neither. Sometimes, I don't do I do. way too much work. Yeah, that's so much work. <laughs> I separate like based on what what can get like really hot water and what can just be washed in cold water. So like it's basically like underwear and then like everything else. Unless oh, everything's like, just some cold water for me. Stuff. No, so yeah, my Sunday chores. This is b- beautiful content for people. It's just like general tidying, doing the laundry, getting ready for dinner, planning the menu for the week, all that fun domestic shit, which I really enjoy doing. Mm. But I've got a new segment of the pod. This will be a, a brand new segment that you're hearing for the very first time. Some horror news. We got some horror news stories in the development of the world. Um, <laughs> nudes? To get... Are nudes expensive? How much yeah. could it cost? Michael, $10? <laughs> <sighs> uh, okay. I do have some pieces of horror news that I want to, uh, I want to get your take on. And it's uh, not surprising, perhaps, but it, a lot of it involves our friend James Wan. First piece of news from uh, The Hollywood Reporter is that uh, The Conjuring 4 or The Conjuring is in works with David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick as the scriptwriter and James Wan and Peter Safran back. So what do we think about Conjuring? Some more Ed and Lorraine nonsense. Well, as long as they don't actually call it The Forgering, then <laughs> that'd be too on the yeah. notes. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Were you excited to see Ed and Lorraine back? Alex, what do we think? I think before Annabelle, maybe. But after Annabelle, yeah. maybe not. Oh, I guess yeah. that's that's next week. Fuck. 
That's okay. Podcast time is weird, but uh, yeah. I could I could use a break from them. You know yeah. you know what I might be excited to might might look forward to seeing more of instead of Ed and Lorraine is uh, Josh and Rose Ren- Byrne. Renee, yeah. Here's what I want. I want Ed and Lorraine to show up at the Insidious universe as like as actually Josh's dad somehow. So I want Patrick <laughs> Wilson to play both him and his dad. <laughs> and it turns out Lorraine isn't the mom, so there's an extra little drama there. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, it's like secret. So Ed Warren yeah. had like a secret family yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Josh's. Oh my goodness. I know it's hard to imagine with such a up, upright and uh, model citizen <laughs> as he was, but yeah, um, of course. I just think that'd be a nice little tie-in to the James Wanniverse. <laughs> do you know do you know if it's going to be like set after Devil Made Me Do It? Uh, let's see. Let me read the rest of this article that I only looked at the um, tagline for. Oh, that's what we all do. Yeah. Next installment, Conjuring 4. Apparently, the Conjuring universe is worth $2 billion. So how about that? Um... It's palatable horror, right? Like, it's it's major, big-budget studio horror. And I guess that's, like, a moneymaker in the last decade, which is cool. It's not it like... says the... Uh... None of the Conjuring movies are bad. So... Whatever, we'll have another one, which will probably not really be very different from the other ones. Right. Apparently, it's... I don't know when it's supposed to be slated. It says the duo of uh, Wilson and Farmiga are expected to reprise the roles, although no deals are being made currently. Then it's just like The Conjuring started in 2013. Jocelyn McGoldrick wrote Orphan and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, so there's not really anything else. But yeah, Conjuring 4 suspected sometime 2023 but uh staying in the in the james wanaverse and the conjuringiverse one cancellation the crooked man movie that we talked about a while ago that's been canceled so i guess Why? we won't ever get to see what i don't know is crooked man <laughs> the one from conjuring 2 the two yes that yeah. was the yeah conj conjuring <laughs> um <laughs> conj just it sounds so so sexual it does yeah like a british term for something that people do in a very niche way yes it does yeah so that was the 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 crooked man was the scary thing that one of the the kid was afraid of and the the dog unfolded into it and it was like oh they're gonna have a crooked man movie and then i guess that's not coming so oh well i don't have any feelings about that because i don't he was just one of one of many spooky specter jump scares in those movies and so you know who knows they made a the nun right which was was not the nun also in Conjuring 2? She was, yes. She yep. was like so the main just antagonist. Spin-off off spin-offs. Yep, yep. So maybe maybe tone it back a little bit. So maybe it was a good <laughs> idea to cancel it. Yeah, maybe. Because what's next? Are they going to have a spin-off of the tree in well, the first no, the, one? I don't think the Crooked Man was a spin-off of the nun. It, the nun no. was... A, was. Yeah, yeah, no, it. that's what I mean. Is yeah. it going to have like spin-offs off the, the same movie? Multiple spin-offs off the same movie? Why not? Maybe. <laughs> That's too much. That's too much. <laughs> Have an original idea for once, Holly Weird. Yeah, come on, uh, Holly Weird. Well, <laughs> wrong standard. Speaking of, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, there's there's no more no more uh, original um, <laughs> no more original ideas, as evidenced by the last two pieces of news I found. Uh, and one is that they announced a sequel for the Nun. Speaking of Valak the Nun, there's going to be a sequel to that movie. So, called the Sum. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I hope it's called The Nun colon Back in the Habit, just because. Why not? <laughs> or Breaking the Habit 
featuring or breaking the, the nun act two yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly well we haven't seen the nun yet maybe that should be on a to watch sometime i think maybe <laughs> if it has to be enough to has to be <laughs> if it has to be i mean there's so it, many Luke? horror movies to no. watch yeah yeah me neither but i heard it's not very good mm. and i feel like I'm not, it's just, i'm not surprised i just can't see this wellspring being worth drinking yeah fair and i mean again it's like all pat like you said it's palatable horror mm-hmm. it's all very bog standard and so they they seem to be you know at least it's generating some Money. scripts and stuff and we'll see and it's generating money okay possibly the the last piece of news maybe i should have started with this because i know at least one third of this podcast team won't care about this news but uh there was a title reveal for the sixth installment in the scream franchise not called six cream as right. i i don't care think it should have <laughs> <laughs> but it's called scream exclamation point exclamation point which is like here you go what so it's just yeah. scream <laughs> yeah it's a louder scream <sighs> i don't know why they're doing that i don't know why movies are just like let's just have this title of this movie be the same title of the movie it'd be like if every star wars movie was just star wars again deal with it yeah but like since they're doing it on purpose it's fine oh is that why well so more conventionally you might imagine these reboots like halloween it's just called halloween again because the studio thinks the audience is stupid and they need to know what the movie is, <laughs> right? That it's in that universe. But with Scream, mm-hmm. like all these movies do that. Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. They all like, whenever they reboot, they just name it the same name again. Well, are you excited original. for the Scream reboot in 15 years? Yeah. Where they retcon everything? Scream well, 1 and 9? I just, I like Scream because the whole point of the movies is to be self-referential and genre referential so they're all they're all of these decisions that are made unconsciously or cynically in normal movies are made intentionally and uh, satirically in the scream movies so when it's when when stupidity is done on purpose it's fine i like it okay yeah that's that's horror movie news wrapped up for the first week ever will we keep doing this week after week i don't know maybe but uh, we'll we'll see what there what what's in there. It's too confusing. <laughs> You'll get used to it. You'll be okay. fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so I'm actually talking about what's actually happening today. Today. Yeah, okay. what's happening right now? Today in your current life. Okay. Which is the same as always. My heat's fixed. It's <laughs> <That's> good. <laughs> your heat's fixed. That's good. Yeah, That's but exciting. it was a it was a it was a trek to get there. Yeah, I'm glad it's fixed. You're, 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 did you have to get someone in again? Yeah, so someone came in again, turned it down, it was great, and then by Thursday I was like, it's kind of cold in here, and then it wouldn't turn back on, so I had to get oh someone in again. <laughs> now it's like fixed, fixed. I can, I can like, every time before I leave, I'm like flicking it on and off, and I can hear my zone valve go, I'm like, it's There you fixed. go. Okay, good. <laughs> that would suck if you had to like, every time you need to change your heat, you have to call somebody and be like, yeah. Hi, can you come in? I'm a bit cold. Someone just like knocks on your door, turns the thermostat up, and leaves. Yeah. <laughs> like, Thanks. See you in an hour. <laughs> that would suck if I couldn't do that. Yeah, right. But that's all great. We are here to talk about a movie. And it's scary doll month. And 
Was this was this was you, Alex? This was me. Alex, yeah, this was this my one. pick. So, what did we watch? We watched 2017's Annabelle Creation, or sorry, Annabelle Colon Creation. She did not get a colonoscopy. That is the title of the movie. Uh, <laughs> the full title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Annabelle Annabelle colon creation brackets she did not get a colon SP close brackets uh yeah it I believe it is the direct like the the sequel to the first Annabelle but it is a prequel because it's the creation mm-hmm. of Annabelle so that's right yeah there we go that's so did you know anything about it before picking it or what yeah I knew it was a uh sequel to the first Annabelle movie but it was actually a prequel um <laughs> oh okay <laughs> hmm. but you know Sounds it's familiar it's it's, it's this usual right like annabelle the doll is gonna probably be in it and weird creepy shit's gonna happen mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's 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 right. the extent of my knowledge to it uh, i i don't think i was expecting very much because the first one wasn't great so i wasn't i didn't mm. have high expectations going into it okay okay what about you luke is this one that made it onto your youtube video watching in your past no, in my mind, Annabelle is just kind of one big entity. So I don't, I would never, before watching them, know which movie, which Annabelle, Annabelled. So I had no idea that uh, the specificity of the three movies is unknown to me. Just mm-hmm. the kind of oeuvre of the doll. Right, right, right. I also didn't really know much about it. I, yeah, like Alex said, I knew it was a prequel. And. I know the rating going into it when when you talked about this, Luke. When you picked mm. the first Annabelle, you said it's got a significantly higher rating than Annabelle one, first Annabelle. But um, so I didn't really know what to expect. I thought it would be something more, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure to talk about it. So yeah, doll month is turning very rapidly into Annabelle month. It's my choice for next week's <laughs> pick. So I've got, I've got some deciding to, we'll see how this episode bears out. That'll influence my <laughs> decision <laughs> towards the end. So I don't know what I'm going to pick for next week at the time, at this timestamp, 11 minutes in, but we'll see by the end of it. So we are going to go and talk about this movie. We will be spoiling it. And one thing I did that was different than all the other ones, instead of just letting, just saying, hey, go check out doesthedogdie.com. I actually did check out doesthedogdie.com for trigger warnings of this movie because I was interested to see what there are. And oh boy, the list is long. So not mm. this is not an extensive list of what is triggering, but there are things like blood, uh, death of kids, abuse of kids, a lot of bone mutilation or big, a very big scene of like fingers breaking. Uh, so that is a big trigger part for this movie. And then like jump scares, someone getting torn in half and a car accident. So those are some of the trigger warnings. I believe they're called traffic we'll collisions now. There's never an accident. There's always something you can do to prevent it. Right. I think that a lot well, of hot the, fuzz. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the traffic collision in this movie, it didn't look like the person driving did one damn thing to, pre- to prevent it at all. But we'll get into that. One of our nothing to fear favorite gripes, I think, is going to come up about... <laughs> vehicles on the road mm-hmm. but yeah so we'll we'll go in we'll hear the trailer and then alex is going to come back with the synopsis so here we go trailer this is our new orphanage it's as big as a castle feel free to use the houses you see fit mrs mullins and i stay down here 
Your rooms are upstairs. Locked. And it stays that way. Kind of a shitty synopsis but i'm gonna read it anyway that's no, okay it's never stopped you before no absolutely never uh annabelle creation <laughs> is a 2017 american supernatural horror film directed by david f sandberg written by gary doberman and produced by peter saffron and james wan it is a prequel to 2014's annabelle and the fourth installment in the conjuring universe franchise the film stars stephanie sigmund talitha bateman anthony lapaglia and Miranda Otto, and depicts the possessed Annabelle's doll, Annabelle doll's origin. Mm-hmm. Origin story. Yeah. Origin story. Origin story. Okay, so this movie was made for a budget of $15 million, and it made at the box office $305 million internationally, which is a fucking smash hit. And it sits on IMDb with a 6.5 and 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which is absurdly high for a horror movie. Very high for a horror movie, right? Like, very high. But I note on the actors, I was playing a lot of, like, where do I know that guy from with Anthony LaPaglia. Is Obviously, he the dad? Miranda. Yeah, Miranda. Yeah. yeah, he was the dad. Miranda Otto, AON, Lord of the Rings. Love her. Love to see her. Great stuff. I am no man. <laughs> yeah. Anthony LaPaglia, he's been in all sorts of things. He's an Australian actor. And where I knew him from was he played Daphne Moon's brother on Frasier. Mm. And he did one of the most horrendously bad Cockney accents ever committed to film in that. So <laughs> that's where I knew him from. And I was like, hey, that guy was on Frasier. So that's what I was thinking mm. <laughs> while he was on this. He was playing this like broken down, depressed mm. man who's lost his child and like was a doll maker. And I was like, haha, you did a funny show. <laughs> you did a funny show. <laughs> I knew there was a reason he had perfect grammar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back, baby. <laughs> okay, Alex Wan, 
how are you feeling about your pick or your first thoughts? This was a significantly better movie than the first Annabelle movie. I would say significantly better, and I am confident in saying that. I wouldn't say it's a perfect movie or even a great movie, but it was a fine movie. And I think hmm. a lot of the problems I had with the first one were kind of answered in this movie. Like a lot okay. of the questions I had about, you know, logistics and demoning and all that stuff, it was answered. It wasn't overly complex. It was very straightforward, but it still answered my questions, which I found a little satisfying. Okay. I think I do find horror movies that have kids as the focal point when it's acted well to be on the... I lean more on the favorite side of than the not so. Just because um, okay. I think there's something about kids getting scared that feels a lot more genuine than, you know, adults getting scared. And mm. I thought the two leads did a pretty good job. And yeah, like overall, this was like, this wasn't a... I didn't find this to be a bad movie. It was scary at points. It was dumb at some points, as all horror movies are. But it was satisfying in that it closed some loopholes for me. And it had mm -hmm. decent acting from the kids. And then I found out why... I kind of enjoyed this movie. So it's the same director as Lights Out. Oh, and okay. And then what was uh, Lucy, one of the kids? Uh, she was... Uh, Linda? Linda. Linda. Linda, yeah. 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 I really like this movie. I remember the characters. Uh, Linda <laughs> was... Uh, she was the younger sister in Ouija 2. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Lulu Miller, I yeah. think her name is. And yeah, it was like... It had... It definitely felt very Lights Outy at points and yeah it was it was fine obviously lots of flaws as all horror movies do have but nothing that egregiously offended me and i overall had a good time nice okay interesting this might shape up to be one of the most contentious months on <laughs> nothing to fear's history but luke what did you think of this movie when you watch this one i'll save my thoughts for the last <laughs> well i I guess I have like a bit of a confession. You didn't watch Did it. Did you sin? No. <laughs> <laughs> this this is the best movie we've done that I do not give one shit about. Okay. <laughs> the acting was fine. Like and the two kids, especially Janice and Linda, were charming and believable and sweet and the fact that Janice had a leg brace just taps into like every nurturing and parental instinct that an adult has about a kid who's suffering. So that emotion rang true to me. The girls who were kind of bullies, like even though it's a little bit hackneyed, it's like true. there's truth into that too. Like older kids bully younger kids, especially different ones. Hmm. I thought the cinematography was impressive. I thought the sound editing was impressive. I thought the set design was impressive. Like, every, like the, the technicalities and the acting were... The acting was fine. It wasn't great, but it was fine. The script was much better than the first Annabelle. And the whole look of everything was cool. But I don't care about this movie at all. And it's because <laughs> I feel like I've seen it 25 times already on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Every mm -hmm. jump scare was exactly where I thought it was going to be. And every weird manipulation of editing and camera work was exactly what I thought it was going to be. There was not, in my opinion, a single novelty in the horror genre in this movie. And that is like a little depressing, I guess, because I'm used to that in much inferior movies, but to now feel like mm. I'm getting underwhelmed by decent movies is mm. uh, unfortunate 
development i feel like in my opinion about these it's like okay just more annabelle there's like (laughs) two annabelles in this movie and the way that they (laughs) connect it to the first one is like okay fine that's fine whatever uh I I think I would have enjoyed this movie a lot. <laughs> this is counterintuitive. I would have I would have liked this movie a lot more if um, I hadn't been involved in a horror movie podcast. I think ah, <laughs> but oh no, <laughs> not not that it's not fun to talk about, but it's just how many haunted house movies have we done? How many kids scared of the dark? How many weird demon who has inexplicable powers that can sometimes do this but doesn't? <laughs> Why? Why doesn't he just take Janice right away? What the fuck is he waiting for? What is happening? Like, how how does Annabelle do anything? And I'm used to this feeling for bad movies. But this is the first good movie we've done where I feel this way. So that's my confession. Mm. Okay. Okay. Are we are we possibly tainting the horror movie <laughs> genre for you, Luke? <laughs> well, I just, I every creaking door, I was like, that door's going to creak now. And then it did. Oh, there's going to be something in there. And it was. Look, those footsteps go to the bed and there's going to be, she's going to see the doll. Oh, she did. Oh, she's going to lie there and in the morning look and there's going to be nothing there. Oh, she did. Like, it's just, it's just A to B. This whole movie was A to B. And Mm. it's like, is that, that's because I've watched so many of these goddamn movies that I know exactly how they work. Right. You know, if you do something so many times, eventually you get bored of it. That's why you got to spice it up a little bit sometimes, like injure yourself yeah. while you're showering. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I should have pulled my back while I was watching this movie. That would have added to the experience for sure. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, like, and this movie looked so cool. There was so many cool yeah. set set pieces and the, the, the kid Annabelle's room looked very creepy, but I just, I found myself being like, why the fuck does this god shit work ever? When does it work and when doesn't it? Right? Like it works when you put mm-hmm. these rosary beads around the demon or the doll, but not when you hold the crucifix. Why not? Do you have to have true faith? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like everything was catered to making a movie that I feel like I've seen 50 times already. Right. Right, right, right. So that's my take. Mm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that. You know, we've talked a lot on this podcast about like the mood you're in when you watch a horror movie. And Mm -hmm. last week I was in the right mood for Annabelle and I was more positive on it than I think either of you two were. And speaking of you two, there's a guy named Mullins in this uh, movie. I thought about that the whole time. (laughs) Wow. You're really drumming up the jokes now. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, uh, but like this movie, I was just like, I guess I wasn't in the right mode to really enjoy this one because I also felt the jump scares were very predictable. I felt that the the horror elements of this movie were just it was just like, here, just take a look at the script. You can read ahead if you want. Nothing's going to be a surprise. And I was just like a little bit like oh, this is supposed to be better than Annabelle because I don't think so. I I personally I like the first Annabelle more. I was sitting there thinking like, what are these demons' powers? Why is it why is it this way? Why did he do this? Why did he do that? I fell into all those traps of like, why are you doing it this way? If if you have to put the the possessed object in a box papered with you know Bible pages, why make that a whole closet? Why not? 
put her in a shoebox and paper that <laughs> with things and then bury that 100 feet underground like in a church well, that's <laughs> yeah in a church <laughs> in the catacombs of paris like just get it out of here like I, you don't have to keep it in your house and so they set up this whole thing with the mom and it was like oh is this gonna is she gonna be bad but no she's just mysterious and she's too like obviously mysterious to be a red herring or be like revealed to be a but we have this important exposition we get from her just before she dies what do you she know she does manage to give the exposition <laughs> And so, you know, I was like, okay, there's going to be a jump scare here. Oh, there's a jump scare. Oh, there's going to be a fake out here. Oh, there's a fake out here. Uh, we're going to have a scene in a barn. I bet that scarecrow's coming back. Hey, look who it is. It's our buddy, the scarecrow. <laughs> and so even though I was able to you know, predict everything, it didn't annoy me, per se. Like, it wasn't that, like, you know, like how you feel, like, where you don't care about it. It, it annoyed me. It's hard. I'm having a hard time formulating my mind around this one. But, like, it wasn't, like, super annoying because... I think that jump scares are fun now. Like it, I'm, I'm, 130 movies in. I'm beyond the point of being scared to watch it. But I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get mm. scared at these points of the movie, and that's kind of like fun and silly, and I can like kind of anticipate those endorphins. But on the whole, I was just like, oh, it was a bit of a letdown. And maybe that's <laughs> me thinking the first one was like supposed to be so bad that it overdid my expectations. So I went in with too high expectations here, and I was like because yeah what you say like alex you said the acting was great from the little kids they did a good job i liked all the kids except for carol i thought they were <laughs> which one was carol she was okay. the oldest one <laughs> like the which oldest one there were like two distinctly older ones there was carol and nancy there was the most oldest one so i thought it was when like they were, carol was the oldest and then nancy was a bit younger when they were under mm. the sheet and then they saw the thing was she yeah. the one that was like maybe there was something or was she the one that was like no it was all in our head we scared ourselves yeah i she was the one who was like, it was all in our head. She was the biggest skeptic because she was the oldest. Okay. And I think that Nancy, her like friend, was a bit younger and like, you know, started out trying to be like, oh, no, there's nothing to fear. <laughs> Wait, so was she the one that was locked in the barn? I don't remember. <laughs> See, like, I, think I, that was, remember. I think that was Carol. Yeah. Carol. Was I think the oldest the one was locked in the barn. And Nancy yeah. was the one that rescued her out of the window. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. Doesn't matter. There's also well, two we, other kids that don't really they're there, yeah. but they don't have anything. We do to. have one new piece of data for how to defeat a demon: is that hand twisted light bulbs are always stronger than spirit twisted light bulbs because <laughs> she was able to keep that light on with her strength. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's like a hopeful message from the film. Yeah, as long as you can hold on, you can hold on to the the spirits, but. Just one final note on the acting. Uh, I wanted to give credit to Joseph Bishara. He played the demon and all the sort of creepy, monstery parts of the of these franchise. He is also uh, he played Valak the Nun when we saw him, and I think he plays it in in the Nun movies. The Animal Demon, Bathsheba from The Conjuring, and our favorite demon of all, Lipstick Face Demon. It's mm. all the same guy, so mm, it's nice. a little bit of a. Uh, a James Wan staple to have this the <laughs> same actor and like you got I mean you got to hand it to him it, like his job just come in crouch in a corner <laughs> look all greebly you know wear fun prosthetics he must have like it must be a blast <laughs> so we got a valid cameo in this movie hey we did get a valid cameo yes oh, we, we got did a little which part yeah do you want to say it sure uh when sister charlotte is talking to the dad what's his name larry Sa- Sa- samuel <laughs> Samuel. <laughs> yeah. And she shows him like a picture of 
her and her homies nutting out. And then mm. when he moves the photo, he's like, who's that? And it's Valak on the very right. Uh, like, yeah, there's like a fourth person. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then she okay. goes, yeah, she's like, I don't know. me and my friends, we are the best friends at this convent. Oh, boy, I loved hanging out with my friends. And he's like, who's this person in the photo? And she's like, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> but it was Valak. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, she couldn't have said Valak's name because that would have defeated Valak. <laughs> and, we needed, and we needed the movie. We needed the other movie. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know Valak's name, but I won't say it because he, they gotta. We gotta have later. the Conjuring two and the Nun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the Nun too. Oh, there's a second one. I think there's two nuns. Actually, in the picture, there were four. <laughs> good, great. So, yeah, Joseph Bashara, good job, good job, good job. Okay, good job. So, what do we want to talk about in this one? Well, I guess my first thing is like mm-hmm. this movie answered all the questions I had about the first one. Right, so I think when we watched the first one, I was like, "Well, who? What is this demon, and why? Why are these two cult members trying to summon this demon?" And like, lots of whys, and like, the what? What does the doll have to do with it? Like, was the doll not possessed at all until it was used as a conduit? But then, in this movie, you discover yes, the doll was a conduit for the same demon as the first one, but it was like mm-hmm. it was already possessed at the point of the second movie, right? Because, or it like in this movie the doll gets possessed and used as a conduit prior to the first movie, right? Mm. Like, in the context of this being a prequel. Cause they, yeah, I they think the parents... Allowed that, that's the demon part of Miranda Otto's yeah. exposition. Like, they summoned what they thought was the spirit of their dead daughter. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they really talk about how the doll is a conduit. I think it's just, like, you're supposed to pick something maybe in your house, and it was yeah. something associated with their daughter, Anna, and her name was Annabelle, their daughter, so that's mm-hmm. where the name of the doll comes from. Mm-hmm. And then, dun-dun-dun, wrong spirit. <laughs> and it just happened that Samuel, the dad, was a doll maker, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> One of 100. <laughs> One of 100. So, yeah. So, and then, like, how the doll possesses Janice, and Janice becomes the Annabelle in the first mm-hmm. movie, like... No, it just explained why she was culting. She was culting because she was possessed the whole time. Mm-hmm. Was she de- de- was she possessed by the black demon? Is that what we're supposed to? Yeah, yeah. Like remember when uh, Janice gets mm-hmm. possessed by the black demon because he like pukes in her mouth with the black stuff. Yeah, then, but yep, so was like gross. was she just that demon in physical form for twelve years? I Is think so. Yeah, I think that's think that's so. what think we can so, assume yeah. as. And then let's get some more questions, but like more you, like. <laughs> They make a little bit more sense if I'm able to, you know, speculate. Like, I'm guessing 12 years later, the demon's like, I need more souls. I need you to kill mm-hmm. more people. Mm-hmm. Damn, I knew he wouldn't be satisfied with just one yeah. soul. They never are. <laughs> How much could a soul cost? $20? <laughs> it's one soul, Michael. How much could it cost? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a clever way to tie the movies in. I did like seeing the sort of the the, the murder scene of the the neighbors from Annabelle one as the tie in and the, the sort of pan across of the like we have one photo of the actress who plays Janice slash Annabelle and then we have one photo of the grown up lady who plays Annabelle in the movie and then in the middle we have a Photoshop of both of their faces together to you know sort of make it a transition and then you know this it turns out that this person who was Janice the whole time got possessed by Annabelle and then like I guess just you know, it was the 40s, so there was no record keeping. So she just showed up at another orphanage being like, what's up? My name's Annabelle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a total orphan. <laughs> Who wants to take me? And so 
I was like, okay, but it still it still felt kind of like they had a whole different idea for another possessed doll movie. And they were just like, but we just need an ending. And then James Wan was like walking down the hallway and was like, mm, doll movie. What's that? What's what's going on? Oh, ah, I can give you this ending. Like, why don't we just yeah. say she's Annabelle at the end and then squish our two movies together? Yeah, it was it was like it was like puzzle pieces fitting. But and like <laughs> but it I wouldn't say it felt forced, but it felt very like and that's what happened. So it's like a puzzle piece with just two yeah. lines and they just like put, push them together. Like it wasn't like a yeah. intricate thing. It was just like. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. This demon was Annabelle the whole time, and that's why she killed yep. her parents in the first movie. Yeah, and so maybe maybe we can say that the demon being in a human form is weakening over time, and it's like, man, I really hope that I find out somebody with the Annabelle doll so that I can kill their neighbors and then come over to their house and kill <laughs> and bleed into the doll with this new human host. Here's something that is such a stupid insight on my part because it's not answerable, but it's still a little bit frustrating, is that these movies are called Annabelle, but it's really yes. this, they should be called Mystery Black Demon. Like, that's what yes. the movie should be called mm. because we don't know what it wants. We don't know where it comes from. It says Annabelle creation, but not really because the demon motivating all this, we still have no idea about. No, we actually, you know, the opening scene, we see the creation of Annabelle. It's when Sam, Sam, yes. Samuel makes yes. the doll. I, I agree. I agree. But the whole shtick of these movies, even before in The Conjuring, was like, look at this creepy doll. And yes, it's creepy. It looks cool. Fine. But the entity that is motivating the malevolence of this is creepy black demon. Mm -hmm. And we mm -hmm. still know zero things about that other than it's creepy yeah. and black and mean and scary looking. And yeah. that is just not good enough movie. Okay. <laughs> it's well, just not fucking good enough. Okay. So the, this based off of like the three doll movie or actually no, the four doll movies that we've watched so far, I think mm -hmm. we like for me, I think I can conclude my thoughts on the whole horror doll franchise. Okay. Okay. So we have Annabelle. We've done four. Annabelle Creation, and we have Dead Silence. Yeah. These are yeah. like these are creepy doll movies that absolutely like the doll literally does nothing but like turn its head. Like it doesn't talk, it doesn't move, it doesn't <laughs> murder. It's all controlled by something else. And then we have mm -hmm. the opposite mm -hmm. end of the spectrum. We have uh, Child's Play, right? right and yeah. it's like the doll <laughs> is physically moving. The doll can talk. The doll can swear. The doll can murder. And that was way too much. <laughs> That was too much. So we need something in the middle where the okay. doll does actually do something, but maybe doesn't talk, right? Mm. But at least we know what a serial killer's <laughs> motivations are, even if they're like horrible. Like at least mm -hmm. it's like in Chucky, it's a person who's like a psychopath and right. just wants to kill people. Yeah, right. It's, it's like we're still. And look, this is the dumb question spiraling the drain again. What does a demon want? But mm. these movies haven't even tried to pretend to answer those questions. Well, that's why they it need... just it just wants your soul, and it just wants you to be possessed, so it can just wreak havoc in the world. Well, yeah, and that's why we need the movie where the demons like <laughs> chilling out with other demons and be like, "Yeah, I just want to settle down one day." You know, maybe so like... bad we need that movie. <laughs> you know, you know, nice, like, nice, like small, small bungalow with a front front lawn, and we can live off of my RSPs and take the kids to hockey practice. <laughs> Because again, this this demon is so unknown. We don't know what its mm -hmm. powers are. It's creepy, but like there are there's sometimes where it seems like it can make the kid feel like it's in a hallucination, she, like she's she's hallucinating, or the house is bigger than it is, or it's surreal. But then she just falls and is fine, 
Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> she falls from the ceiling all the way down, like, two stories. It's like, ah, well, that was scary. <laughs> it's oh, like, that sucked. what the fuck are you doing, demon? Why? <laughs> what, what's taking so long? <laughs> it seemed like the demon was maybe constrained. Like, his power was, like, like it contained into Annabelle's room at first. And then it kind of moved into the upstairs of the house. And then it kind of, like, it couldn't get down to the main floor because we see Janice, like, trying to escape and she gets into the little like acorn stair lift thing that the guy invented for his wife and she gets down to a certain point but obviously the demon is like okay mm. you can get to here and now come back because if you go farther but i am it. a self-aware demon and i know i'm in a movie and this is a great moment for some tension so i'm gonna make yeah. it so you come back up the stairs now so that ah. i can scare the audience and have these creepy looking around corners for janice where yeah but but even after all that, she's still fine. She's still fine. Yeah, the whole the whole because demons question that we wrestle with on this podcast is it's so like not even worth like getting into again. But it's just like, well, okay, he wants to catch the soul. We need we need the Warrens. We need the Warrens to tell us exactly the motive of this specific demon, right? <sighs> well, he we wants so to get do. souls and also really loves this Annabelle doll and fine like. I don't know. It's all but like, Annabelle it's all also like a can't be destroyed. Thing. Like they yeah. try to destroy, they throw it down a well. It's just back. So like yeah. every time, the, it's like this demon's powers are like Michael Myers. Whenever it's off screen, it's mm-hmm. omnipotent, and whenever it's on screen, <laughs> it just kind of falls down and can't run fast enough. Yeah, it's like fucking give me a break, movie. <laughs> That's fair. That's right. Yeah, it, 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 there's 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 no consistency. It's just whatever's scariest for the moment and that does weigh on you and it does just sort of make it be like okay well this is what's going to happen because this is what the the plot demands and what it needs and i don't know we can lose the entire episode to just sort of bitching about it which i really don't want to do like so i don't want to just sort of like kick this one relentlessly well i'm not going to i actually like this movie i'll shut up i'll shut up (laughs) no 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 but i will entertain luke because like luke has good (laughs) points right like what the fuck does this demon want i don't know what does he want who knows? I like that also. Was the demon... Okay, I'm going to do one question, and then I'm going to ask you a question about the <laughs> acting, Alex. But does the demon, who is trying to get onto Earth because I guess all his demon bros are bored, and he's like, listen, I'm going to get onto Earth. Watch me, everyone. This is going to be hilarious. The next soul that comes through that door, I'm I'm taken, and we're going back up. And he's hoping for something that's like tall enough for him to fit in. Uh, and then, <laughs> sorry, Annabelle's soul comes in, and she's this little girl. So anytime we see the demon in the reflection, when the Annabelle girl is around, he's got to be like crunched over and hunched on his like hands and knees. Yeah, his back is killing <laughs> just like him. squatting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh man, he, he you gotta wish for a taller soul next time, right? But you could like stand up, move around. You can. <laughs> yeah, but then you get the opposite end of the spectrum in Conjuring Two. You get the crooked man. Uh, he's too tall. Too tall and too lanky. He's too tall. He's hitting the roof. <laughs> So I just I just thought that was very funny. The couple of scenes, especially in Miranda Otto's exposition scene where she's like, well, Annabelle died and then she came back and it was so happy to have our daughter back. And I noticed something wrong. And there's that sting where she's looking into the mirror and you just see this like gray demon like (laughs) I'm crunched over here. It's like, what? So silly. (laughs) Why do you have to be bent over? You can make yourself whatever you want. So, but let's talk about the the acting of the kids. So, Alex, you really like the acting of the kids. Would you like to elaborate on either Linda or Janice's performance? 
I mean, like the two two manos. They they just seemed very genuine, right? Like it didn't seem forced. I think especially um, the the person that played Janice really conveyed like a kid that knew they were struggling with something and knew that mm. like everybody knew that about them, but didn't want to feel pitied. But also, you're at that age where you just you, you do want to fit in, but you don't want to be a burden to other people. And you know, just stuff that feels kind of relatable to you know anybody if they've ever struggled with something. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, like, for for the character of Janice, it was like she she was a uh, like when 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 Sister Charlotte was having that pep talk with her, like just being like you're. She's saying how the demon preys on her because she's weak or whatever, and then it's like, no, you're not weak. You're actually the strongest one of us. That was really nice. So. And mm-hmm. I thought Talitha Bateman portrayed those emotions really well. And then, oh. yeah, Lulu Wilson as Linda was like a good friend, just a good friend. And it was, it felt real. It, it didn't, you get bad child acting in a lot of movies, but this, mm-hmm. this, it just, it felt nice to have good leads that were kids, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I really thought that Lulu did a good, good job. And she's been great in like Ouija too. She was one of the younger kids in the haunting of Hill house. So she's been in like some Mike Flanagan stuff. And yeah, I think it was, it was great. And I really liked for Janice's character, how she portrayed like the sort of annoyance of that. I imagine a lot of people who have a disability have to deal with. And I'm, I'm not disabled in any sort of physical way. I don't know what those struggles are, but I see a lot of times online people talking about disability where it's like, obviously the people who are cruel are hard to deal with and stressing out, but also the people that are too nice can, can be like an emotional drain. And I kind of got that sense with Janice talking to sister Charlotte, who sister Charlotte's like, just like being so kind and so soft talking. And so like, Oh, everything's going to be okay. And you kind of got this sort of like sense of annoyance from Janice. So it's like, I'm not the same as everybody else and saying that I'm like special and good and I can do anything. I set my mind to, doesn't help me all the time. And sometimes I want somebody just to be like, yeah, the situation sucks and not just be like toxic positivity all the time. And I thought she really expressed that well when, you know, she's trying to be pragmatic about the fact that like, well, I don't know, Linda, maybe people won't like want to adopt me as well as you. Like maybe it's not a guarantee because people kind of suck. And, you know, maybe sister Charlotte, like maybe like your sunny attitude's not really helping me right now and just kind of made her, made her mad and i thought that was a cool performance and a cool layer that i hadn't seen and i could be wrong i mean i I would have to ask people in the um, disabled community who saw that and maybe could understand the performance a little better but if i am wrong i'm i'm open to hearing about it so from what i saw my experience she did a great job so what does polio do sorry (laughs) Well, no, I think, I think, I mean, um, my, my Nana had polio and my great aunt did. And I think it, I don't know for sure, but their symptoms were like, it robbed them of their ability to walk for like Mm -hmm. three months. And my great aunt who I saw last summer, who's still alive, she didn't really want to talk about it because it's obviously a painful memory, but she said she couldn't walk for three months and then, or, or maybe even longer, and then had to learn how to walk again, like as a 14 year old or something like that, which is pretty crazy, you know, mm. like to, to think about. So did, did Janice have polio? I guess they mentioned that at the yeah. start of the movie, right? Yeah. yeah. She was, she was polio. Survivor. So yeah, like these, these 
uh, let me think here, like Janice and Lulu would have been about the age of my grandparents, right? So yeah. that's an interesting little uh, well, that was view like, into maybe like, what that was like in that time. And the 40s was like huge for the polio epidemic before the vaccine was available. Yeah. And I just I just Googled uh, what does polio affect in the body? And according to the CDC, it says it spreads from person to person and can affect a person's spinal cord, causing paralysis. So mm. yeah. I guess that makes sense. Like it, if that's what it targets, mm-hmm. makes sense that paralysis. And I know that was it FDR was a polio survivor, but he used a wheelchair. And so, well, uh, I guess, uh, you know, yeah. So Janice, yeah, I mean, in my opinion, Janice was head and shoulders the best part of this movie. And it was obviously the actress who portrayed her did awesome to do this. But I just am so emotionally attached to the kind of kid type that I guess Janice is, which is someone who is so legitimately literally disabled, but also just because of that, like has a harder road than other people. Mm. but who exudes this kind of both resilience, resiliency in the face of that, but also like, as it were, behind closed doors or on her own is also really like drained by it and sad and and hurt. And so she's, and and it's, I think it's just because like I work with kids still and we both have like, it's not exactly like this, but when a kid at work takes a dodgeball to the face and they don't, they don't they don't let the injustice of that even something as simple as that get them down and they get back mm. to it and they try tough nothing <laughs> yeah like <laughs> or like they they get hurt or or someone treats them unfairly like they 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 experience something just tragic or unfair and they want through the right sort of conversation with me they want to power through and they want to grow and they want to develop Mm. and and they're in that stage of life you know janice looks like she's like 10 or 11 maybe in this where you know it's her life's about to really change she's really close to puberty she's an orphan she's really got this fraught relationship with these you know erstwhile friends who are kind of unkind to her and then she's only got linda and she's alone a lot of the time because she can't participate like everything about her my heart goes out to in the most kind of robust nurturing sense of when you see Mm. a kid truly struggling who doesn't who still somehow figures out a way to power through so like that was the kind of emotional roller coaster i was on with her and then of course, her relationship with Linda was also fraught in a different way than the other girls. But yeah, so the two of them were depressingly the reason why I think this movie was actually pretty good, which made me wish I cared about it more. <laughs> because because honestly, like the first act of this movie, here's, here's how I would put it, and this maybe will make sense to the two of you and maybe, maybe less so to listeners. But like the first act and a half, maybe first half of this movie, but certainly first act, to me is really rich for some really true fiction kind of conversation about Mm. childhood and abandonment and like these themes around orphans and disability that i of course also don't know about but i do have two adopted sisters so i kind of have an insight into what that was like for them Mm. and so i don't know i just feel yeah i i know i'm rambling now janice was definitely the best part and so i was like actually kind of disappointed when she just becomes a demon i was like oh well it's just fucking 
<laughs> throw all that growth and development out the window. Mm. That's not happening. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of sad to have her, you know, she <laughs> ends turns. up turning into this demon and because the plot demands it, it's just like, oh. And their sincerity was so charming. Both her and Linda's yeah. sincerity in this movie was so charming. Like her real fear, like their, her, their, their acting was great. It was really mm-hmm. good. Well, and it was like, it was nice to have like a human element of fear for children, right? Like, you know, kids are scared of the monster under the bed or in the closet or, mm-hmm. or shadows. But like the very start of the movie, they're on the bus and they're, they're talking about being scared about not getting adopted. And if one of them does get adopted, they're going to be abandoning the other. Those are real mm-hmm. childhood fears that are, you know, tangible to everybody, not like supernatural in any way. So like that, that brought such a cool human element to a very formulaic horror movie you know mm-hmm. mm. i wish they had done a little bit more about that al- along that relationship of like the fear of not being adopted or not being together because yeah you can always remember like making a really good friend at school or making a really friend at day camp and then like when you're little the idea of like going to a different school or moving or something is like but all the people i know <laughs> are gonna change and that's really scary and i i kind of wish they had hit that nail a little bit harder because yeah they just sort of end up being like well we need someone to get possessed by this demon and by god janice sorry you can't run away from it so it's gonna be you well i don't remember didn't everybody else all the girls survive at the end don't they get away yeah yeah right so they could (laughs) they're all coming back for the third one <laughs> so maybe, maybe these questions will get answered. Janice is oh, dead. Oh, maybe. But maybe Linda, maybe Linda will have some sort of uh yeah. redemption in the third one, which I'm sure maybe. we'll see. <laughs> it's, it's, it's up to me. This is Annabelle month after all. Yes. <laughs> what about the acting from the adults? Specific how did we like the parents? Samuel and Esther? Elspeth? Esther? I think it was Esther. Esther. Esther, Esther. Yeah. yeah. I personally would have liked to see more Miranda Otto in this movie, but I guess it, they were fine, not great. They were just there, you know. Something like it's the it's the horror movie thing where a terrible thing happens to parents and then they become like reclusive and and like emotionally distant, and that's mm-hmm. that was their role in this movie. Plus the exposition dump from Miranda Otto. Yeah, she has to tell us why. Yeah. She did look very, very creepy and very cool when she took off her mask, though. I will give this movie that. Yeah, I like that effect. I like that effect of her and the fact that she is kind of affected by this trauma that the demon has wrought on her. Not only has she like lost her daughter, which is a horrible trauma that I can't imagine going through losing a child, but then when we th- you know she thinks she's back and then it turns out to be a demon that claws her face off, like you know, of course you would just sort of like retreat from the world and go a little bit Phantom of the Opera and just sort of hide away. But then I was confused as to why this family would want to set up an orphanage. And then I also was like, how easy was it to set up orphanages in the 40s? Like, what what's going on? Because it seemed like they're just like, well, this house has decided to be an orphanage. So on the bus, kids. Well, I think like, they were so... huh? This is the part of the plot where it's just like, ugh, whatever, like just accept it for okay. what it is, or else you're gonna. Oh, get this matched. is the part of the plot where it's just like, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of that, but my my like what I think happened and the reasoning was like they wanted their daughter back and they saw mm-hmm. glimpses, like they they ple- prayed slash pleaded to whatever was out there, and it was it so happened that a demon answered their prayers, 
and they saw their daughter and was like hey like we'll let you live in the doll and then weird shit started happening she got her eye clawed out and then they had to like lock up the doll because it was possessed whatever but then to Mm -hmm. kind of fill the void of not having their daughter around and to maybe make up for whatever it is they were like you know we'll have we'll, we'll open up a like an orphanage so that we can have more child presence around us, something that we're missing in our life and whatever. Okay. Yeah. But Okay, so question for you then, Alex. Okay. And Luke, of course, you can mm-hmm. weigh in on this too. But how long do you think between like, okay, we've got the day that Annabelle gets uh, in hit by that car, very sad day, and then 12 years later is when the kids show up. So like how many years... Do you think like, is it like there was four years where there was nothing and then, you know, four years where Annabelle, like the spirit showed up and they played with it. And then like, you know, three years where it was like the demon was doing stuff or like, like what is the breakdown of that 12 year gap? Because at first, before they gave us that exposition, I was like, wait, so their kid died and then they were sad for 12 years and then they opened their orphanage i don't i don't uh, i don't want to put a timeline on mourning you know that can take as long or as as little or as long as someone needs to but absolutely i don't know (laughs) i don't know (laughs) okay (laughs) it was 12 years what do you want me to say (laughs) i don't know just like what what makes sense the most to either of you i guess about like how long it was like well because it it seemed okay so if it happened i don't know (laughs) as samuel said multiple times that was many years ago right <laughs> many years ago i don't think it really matters yeah you know, my problem wasn't that time span my problem was what they did after they found out that the doll was possessed by a demon okay mm-hmm. this was the biggest <laughs> problem in the movie okay so if the doll is possessed by a demon and you get a bunch of priests sure. to like protect your house and lock it up okay my first question is can't you like wouldn't the first <laughs> instinct be to destroy the doll no. Right. Instead, they're like, no, we want to keep the doll intact and we're going to lock it in this room with a bunch of like mm-hmm. ripped pages of the Bible and crucifixes. And then we're going to lock it in this closet. OK, fair enough. It Maybe yeah. it can't get out. But the <laughs> only way for it to get out is if it were to unlock, be unlocked the closet door. Right. So, you know what? Let's yeah. just leave the key in the same room where this thing that we don't want <laughs> to escape is locked in. And then when that happens, yeah, we'll just we'll keep the key in the same room. And then we'll yep. we'll offer to open up an orphanage with a bunch of curious children. Yeah. And then we'll say, don't go in this room. It stays locked to, you know, because we don't want them to be interested in this room. And then right. we're going to have this room unsupervised, even though we know there's this deathly de- demonic demon locked up in there with the key that a curious child <laughs> may open up. Why? Why? Yeah. There, there had to have been a better plan than that. I don't understand yeah. this part of the movie. Well, also the fact that the bedroom that annabelle lived in that door is locked but when janice goes there she hears the you know you are my sunshine song playing and then she gets to the door and she's like well this door is locked i can't go in but then something from the other side unlocks it so the demon could unlock the door the demon so can unlock the, could already... the outer door but not the closet door <laughs> but not but how did he get out of the closet to unlock it like Don't... yeah so it's just like he, he can unlock the door but then he has to scurry back into the closet and then he puts the key in the dollhouse so that he can then like, you know, when she's looking at the dollhouse, he can like push the bookshelf over. So the thing falls over and you see the key yeah. that he hid there. And he's like, aha, it's like demon buddy. Why can't then, you just, but then like just when open she it. unlocks it and opens it and see this, sees the doll. She closes the door, but then the, the door opens back up possibly mm-hmm. from the demon. And then she like, is the demon now out 
of the closet. So when she closes the door yeah. and locks it again, he's able to unlock it from the outside. I don't get it. I just right. don't get it. Yeah. He's like already able to get out. He's waiting by the door. It opens a crack. He's like, Whew. all right. Yeah. Now I'm out, but also I can only stay on the upstairs. Yeah, plan a, plan though. A should have just been to destroy the doll, and then plan B would have been to design a much better prison system for this doll. That was the worst just, prison system ever. Okay, there was like I, minimum security. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'll just say the door stays locked, and no one will go into it, and that'll be the end of it. Yeah. Problem solved. What's this, curious children? Oh, damn it! Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's so silly, just that whole. Just thinking about it more makes me gets think out. like <laughs> this is the thing that like really plummeted this otherwise decent movie, you know? Yeah, because at least I was mentioning this to Kelly while we were watching it. Like at least in Conjuring One, there's that the reason that Bathsheba could affect all the different houses and all the different spaces and be in the house and be in the by the tree and be there was because like. At one point, that was all of her farmland, and so she had, like, a big range. But if, like, Annabelle, the demon, is, like, locked into the bedroom, then why was she able to, like, push Janice's wheelchair into the barn and possess her in the barn? Like, when? oh, when did you get access to the barn, Annabelle? That's cool. Like, I didn't know you could go that far. And, you know, why? why is down at the well, like a spot you can throw a doll, but then the demon can just walk down there, grab the doll and like bring it back out, you know, yeah. poof his way back up. Like, it's just like, what are, what are your bounds? And again, we talk, what are your boundaries? Who put the key to the closet in the mini dollhouse closet? <laughs> That's Who what I was that? saying. That's what I was saying say when, when you were gone. We talked about this while you're, uh, while you're in the bathroom. Like just talking about how it <laughs> yeah. was like, first step should have been to destroy the doll. Second step is like design yep. a better, like captive space for this doll. If you do want to keep it. Right? right? Like having it locked in a closet where the key's just outside the closet where ch- curious children are, where you tell them not to go in the room, that's not a foolproof system. I'm sorry, Samuel. Telling yeah. a kid not to do yeah. something is not going to stop them from doing something. I mean, well, I like the, you know, I like the impetus of, you know, we, we know this from our time working with kids, like important documents got to be double locked. And so, okay. you know, at least he was trying. <laughs> Look, at this is right. so far downstream from bad adulting of other parts of this movie like that first scene where the kid annabelle dies like how old is that girl she looks like she's maybe seven right six or seven she's young she's little they're on a road with a car Mm -hmm. coming Mm -hmm. and both her parents don't even think about protecting her while a car is coming on a road while it's like i have been near roads so many fucking times with kids and it's the only thing i think of it's the only thing because you watch so many horror movies. <laughs> they're so annoyed at a flat tire or waving mm-hmm. down a car that they forget their kid. No parent forgets their kid. Ever. Ever, ever, yeah. ever. And I just couldn't buy their lackadaisical take on that. It's like, oh, there's a car coming? Watch out for the kid. That's the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's not even that I felt them negligent. I just found it so unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That once the rest of the movie with their, oh, yeah, why? <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's in character to be too blase about these problems. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you solved it. Luke. Yeah. No, like. <laughs> because, yeah. Okay, <laughs> movies yeah, where the kid dies traumatically, they need to make it, like, not something so, like, as, as shitty as it says, like, not a fucking stupid death that would. Yeah. Yeah. It's just unfathomable as to how that could happen. Like, 
I think that's why we all really found the scene of Charlie dying in Hereditary so fucking shocking is because it's like it's something mm. that it's it's so tragic but it's something where it's like literally no one could have seen this happening right because mm-hmm. it's the circumstances that you know she's having an allergic reaction and that's why her head's out the window the, um her and brother's her brother driving super stoned. fast because he's stoned but he yeah because he knows like she's gonna die but he's also stoned so he's not thinking clearly and then there just happens to be like a light pole there which is what is th- there on a road right these are things that make sense and could happen mm-hmm. in a very bad way and are very traumatic but you can't have a shitty traumatic death where it it's like very super preventable it just cheapens the whole kind of emotional aspect yeah. of they having saw, a traumatic death right they saw that truck coming like 45 seconds away and mm-hmm. their kid is behind the truck so the truck driving can't see that kid it's just like yeah man <laughs> Go pick your kid up and hold her until the truck's gone. Until <laughs> the truck's gone. I mean, this this recalls, I think, a question from our listener questions episode of like, which universe would you live in in horror movies? Like, I want to live in a horror movie universe where the drivers, the non, the NPC drivers are more attentive because mm-hmm. the amount of times people are just like, it's like if I'm if I'm driving and I see a car on a narrow road that's like pulled off to the side, I maybe I don't stop to help, but I definitely slow down. Mm-hmm. And you keep it out like just the number of movies that we've seen where cars are just like, I don't care what it says. This speed limit is 90 miles an hour and <laughs> I'm going 90 miles an hour no matter what. And it's just like drive fast, eat ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, ah, it's just such a bugbear. Now, you know, ever since I think it was Pet Cemetery when it's like one of the first times you notice. Mm-hmm. But anytime there's a car that's going so fast, it's just like, what is the driver doing? At least give us a shot. You know, I, I I appreciate more the horror movies that at least have a shot from the driver's side where it's just like, Coffee you know, oh, no. Or something. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have tried to eat this big bowl of ramen while I was driving. <laughs> Whoa! Like, just something. Just something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or like a thing rolls under the brake pedal or just like any sort of reason for it other than just like, not nah, driving fast. The end. Sorry, kid. All right, so we talked a little bit about the effects on Miranda Otto, specifically her, like, you know, her eye being scratched out and her whole side of her face wrecked away. What did we think about the other special effects in this movie in terms of the body horror and gore? And Luke, why don't you start us off? The coolest take, the lukewarmest take. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they stood out, but I didn't think they were bad. Okay. I, I just... I don't I don't care. I don't care to figure out why when he's holding a crucifix the demon can still rip his fingers backwards. Why? Mm. What the fuck is the point of the crucifix? Maybe why even have the, it. Maybe the crucifix is one of those we we like folklore tells us this should work. That's why I have it. But yeah. actually it doesn't actually work and you need this kind of thing instead. Just like in oh, uh, the, yeah, the beads. The beads work, but the crucifix doesn't. Yeah, just like in uh <laughs> the vampire movie. Um Fright Night. Fright Night. Yeah. Also in Troll Hunter. Yeah. Big pot in Troll Hunter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean Well then yeah. hold a Bible, because obviously the pages work. Yeah. No, evidently <laughs> like not, just... because a- Annabelle was able to get fucking Janet or Lucy, Linda, to open the fuck no, Janice to open the closet door. Yeah, Janice yeah, but it worked for names. a while. Like she couldn't come out. I don't know. Maybe don't it's know. only because, like, maybe you know, the demon just like, is like children oh, are weak willed. 
the Bible, that's so scary. But then he read all the pages and was just like, oh, this is just like a bunch of stories and like morality tales. And okay, creak. <laughs> I think the whole thing yeah. should be called Lamentations. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why, why is him holding a crucifix not useful? I think that's, uh, I guess you could make the argument like you have to really, really believe in it or whatever. And I like the other, like obviously this demon wasn't affected by crucifixes. Like never mind him holding it, being able to break the dad's fingers back, which was a very gross scene, I must say. But also at the end when Esther is, I guess, double crucified on the wall, she's hanging up on the wall with two crucifixes drawn into the palms of her hand. So she's like crucified with crucifixes. And I was just like, okay, demon, you're not messing around. You don't care about this <laughs> iconography at all. It it does not scare you at all. <laughs> we get it. What about the what about you, Alex? How'd you like the effects? Yeah, I mean effects were they looked real good. The um yeah, Miranda Otto being cleaved in half and hung mm-hmm. crucified. That was really gross and a little shocking. Her face looked cool. Who had it who had who had it better? Uh Esther or or Viserys? I don't know. <laughs> Is it was or better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was Viserys. that There was that dead body in the basement when Linda like got down who was that that was wasn't that samuel i thought it looked like a lady mm-hmm. you know when she's like going up and down the little uh the tr- what are the the butler the d- thing the dumbwaiter oh that was i think that was esther was that esther's upper yeah, half was, okay yeah. so somehow it transported yeah. or was that her room oh you mean when it's like the thing that's crawling towards her yeah yeah there is that thing that's crawling towards her but it's like a body was was that was that Esther's body? Yeah, that was okay, that was Esther's, Esther's body. Uh, I thought that was the the Annabelle demon, which is I think what the credit officially is. The Annabelle demon was able to look like or possess the corpse of oh, Esther okay. to do the little like creepy crawl thing. Yeah, but and then, then you see the like, the black fingers and all that. Yeah, yeah. I like the shiny eyes. Again, there's a couple of shots where people would just like be in the shadows. And you could see like the the eyes sort of morph and be mm. spooky. I thought that was no, yeah, that was cool. I think one of the coolest effects of this movie was when is it? I, I don't remember who did it, but I think it was uh, I think it was Janice takes the f- picture of real kid Annabelle with the doll mm. off the wall. First of all, like the audacity of this child to just take a photo off the wall and bring it to her bed in a home that she and does then hide not it. live. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. that was unbelievable. Don't touch that. But when she's like <laughs> looking at the photo and then she's trying to put it under her, her covers and then you just see the human Annabelle's eyes glowing and mm, then she takes yeah, it out yeah. and like moves it around like, oh, is this some kind of optimal illusion? Um, <laughs> I know it's optical. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, I don't see anything. I'll put it I'll put it back in. And then the eyes glow again. That was like super cool. Just like the, the picture with the eyes glowing. Very, very neat. Yeah. Enjoyed that. That was very cool. Yeah. On an unrelated note, Optimal Illusion is my favorite Transformer. <laughs> mm. Well, with their lack of prediction with their eyes, I say this movie had nothing to see her. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't you mean uh, opti- <laughs> o- Optimal Magic Trick? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I, knew that was, I knew that was coming. I thought the effects were, were very good. I also liked the Scarecrow scene where mm, yeah. you see the gloves and then he's just like pushing his little demon hands out of the sleeves it's like ah now the demon has got a cool funky fall look yeah Ready but go. that came right after such an annoying scene of like 17 times them putting the lights on to see the scarecrow move a bit 
You know, it's like, yeah, (laughs) it took so long. It's like, okay, yeah, we get it. That should have been like two times or three at the most, not whatever. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Maybe, maybe it's because they're not experienced and they've never driven before. Maybe it's because cars were different back then. But for you two, if you've ever turned over an engine and it just doesn't turn on, how many times do you try it? Like I go maybe three, four times absolutely max. Any more than that is just excessive, right? Yeah. Like you know it's not going to start. Like you pushing it more is not going to start the car. Or I give it a minute. You like give it time. You don't start it right away again. You just like give it a little gas. It's like okay, maybe it needs a little bit. Pump the gas a little bit. Yeah. Try to get it to go. Yeah. Oh, you know what bothered me about this movie? Ooh. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Final thoughts. Give us your final final thought, th- final thought about the last thing. That, the last thing that bothered me about this movie, even though I actually did like this movie. Okay. The fact that her little uh, stair chair needed a seat belt in order to activate it. But that's not the thing that bothered me. I was like, okay, that's a cool safety feature, right? Obviously, you want to make sure the person's secured before you go up and down the stairs on this chair. What bothered Mm -hmm. me is they were, like, in the, what, 40s or 50s, they were able to think of that kind of safety, like, mechanism. But on the bus, they didn't have seatbelts for the kids. And the father, (laughs) when he's driving the bus and all the kids stand up and look while the bus is still in motion, no. You know, as a a bus driver, you're supposed to be like, sit down back there, or I'm stopping the bus until everybody stays seated, right? Don't keep driving. Yell at them. Do something. (laughs) That's dangerous. Well, that father also didn't do it. I thought he was like, okay, here we are, our new home. Anyway, bye. And it was just like Sister Charlotte for the whole time. I was like, what happened to the priest that was there? Yeah, he came came back after, right? And then at the very end, the the priests are so nonchalant. They're like, yeah, the house is blessed. Demon's gone. By the way, there's this hole, so the demon actually escaped, but we're not going to worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. The chair came down without the seatbelt on, though. The first that's time. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, that's like, what is I was it weighted? <laughs> is it doesn't have the technology that if it has weight in it, it knows that it can't move without the yeah. click? And then also when Janice is going up and it's not working, take off the goddamn seatbelt earlier. Like, it's just so obvious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It did, but, you know, it had to be a little bit of setup for trying to escape with tension, where it's like, oh, no, the demon black smoke is coming, and she's clicking the thing and clicking the thing until she has to put that airplane seatbelt on and then she can move and it's just like ah would have gotten away with it yeah. that version of the monster had me feeling lost oh <laughs> <laughs> the black smoke <laughs> all right luke final thoughts on this movie that you clearly care so deeply for this is fine movie and i would recommend watching it if you aren't involved in a horror movie podcast but if you are, <laughs> buyer beware, because it is the same as a million other movies. But also let me know when that episode comes out so I can listen to it, because I want to hear your thoughts too. <laughs> yeah. Not too much to, to add, cap off this episode for me. I just, I was not in the right mood to enjoy it as much as I did the first Annabelle. And I'm sad to say that my pick for next week is still unclear, so I don't know what I'm going to do. But you were about we'll to get pick to the that. third one, weren't you? <laughs> I well, don't there's only know. two. I don't know what to do. Unless you're going to go Child's Play, there's only two. No, there's. there's no, I'm sure there's other there's, doll movies. There's other ones. There are other ones. We'll yeah. we'll get to it. We'll mm, get to it. Okay. It's too bad that the new movie Megan isn't out yet. I think that's not coming out till next year. But that one looks like a <laughs> sentient sort of doll movie. That would be cool. M three G A N. Anyway, but we're not going to watch that one next week because it's not out yet. Okay, so then, what is the scariest part for you, Alex? 
Yeah, this was a very formulaic horror movie with lots of predictable jump scares and, you know, what Luke was talking about earlier about like, oh, like the door's going to open here, the door's going to creak here, oh, the footsteps, you're going to see the doll, when she wakes up, it's going to be gone. Like, this movie was very, very predictable in all of those kinds of scares. The, the thing that I did not see coming, which was also the grossest and also the scariest part of the movie was Samuel's fingers breaking and bending backwards. That was very visceral, gross sound effects. And yeah, for me, that was the scariest part. Mm-hmm. I'm going to join you with that exact same scariest part because, yeah, this this movie, you can see the jump scares coming. Even if you don't host a f- horror movie podcast, if you watched five horror movies in your life, you're going to call at least 80% of these jump scares in this movie. And that's fine for a movie. If you know what's coming as a jump scare, that, that can be fine. But even though I knew something bad was going to happen to Samuel, because of course it was, it, uh, I was not able to predict that his all five of his fingers would get bent completely backwards. And I think just like the viscerality of, you know, like, you know how much it hurts to like jam a finger, like if you run it into something or you bend it back a little bit too far or it gets hit with something by mistake like that pain is very very resonant and so like you can just i can i just imagine that like the pain of the fingers bending backwards just like oh ooh, it was unpleasant and so you know it, it falls in that same category of things with like fingernails or teeth or like trauma to the eye that feels closer because i have s- some experience of it i don't know what it's like to be torn in half that's scary but i can't you know i can't rationalize any part of that in my in my mind you but smart I enough imagine. to not pick up any hitchhikers so. <laughs> I, exactly <laughs> right so you've never had the experience being torn in half i was never exactly. smart enough to not get in the back of a stranger's car <laughs> mm-hmm. but you also didn't get torn in half That's so true, you still yeah. don't have that experience so yeah i think just the finger scene is really gross yeah but what about you luke scariest part i'm gonna go off the board a little bit with the oh, category of this goodness because i didn't even though the jump scares yeah they're creepy or and i'm holding the blanket up to my eyes because i know they're coming i don't want to like legitimize any of them by saying they're scary they're just so (laughs) what they're startling yeah there's what these movies do now so startled (laughs) but so i'm gonna instead of a scariest part i'm gonna give a best tension building through acting part of the movie so i really Hmm. felt janice's fear um, and her, like the, her acting in the scary moments for her character was really good, and I felt the tension of it, even though I knew the tension itself was artificial. It was brought to life by her, so I'm gonna pick all of the kind of moments in the room where she's a little bit creeped out. Mm. All right, very well. Best uh, Talitha, look for your award in the mail soon. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> First ever, <laughs> nothing to fury award. What is? Mm. What do we call it? <laughs> First a ever. Fury? Best acting in a scary moment. Oh. <laughs> Award. All right. Time to make a new column on the spreadsheet. <laughs> we should do a we should do a nothing to fear awards night or something. Ooh. That could be fun. Yeah. That'd be fun. All right. Well, we'll talk about that off air maybe, but um right now we gotta rate the thing. So Alex, what's your rating gonna be? We are gonna rate it out of five mouthful of black vomit Mouth, mouthfuls of black vomit yeah okay that sounds good yeah i i think like my sentiments haven't changed from the start of the recording 
I still enjoyed this movie a lot more than the first one. I think the acting from the kids like stole the movie and was by far the best part of it. And the the wrapping up of the loose ends of the first movie were satisfying enough, you know? Like if I was in a if I was in a desert dying of thirst and I came upon some coconut water, of course I'm happy, right? But I'm like, coconut water? I'd rather just have uh. regular water. So that's what this movie was. This movie was the coconut water to the right. thirst quenching when I per- would have preferred regular water. Okay. Like, I was satisfied, but, you know, if I'm, if I'm being a choosy beggar, I would have wanted something different. Mm. So, yeah. And then I think I learned that I just don't... I think doll horror movies are pretty, pretty weak out of the four that we've seen so far. None of them I've particularly mm-hmm. enjoyed the scare factor of the doll itself. It's more so... Right. Yeah. So yeah, so I will give this 2.95 mouthfuls of black vomit out of five. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I I wish I had liked this movie more, especially how much I liked the first Annabelle. And I I can only chalk it up to like my own mood and my experience and how I was feeling that day and doing chores and stuff. And it was just like, eh, I wasn't in the right mood to like enjoy this the most so i think for my viewing experience i'm gonna go ahead and give this one two out of five black vomits mouthfuls of black vomit that's a mouthful huh (laughs) oh boy (laughs) what about you luke yeah i just want to say alex i totally resonate with that point like if you're in the desert this movie's like the ending it's more heathen chemistry than what's the story morning glory they're both oasis but one's Mm. a better oasis you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) I would say that about what's what's the worst Oasis album? I think Heathen I think, Chemistry is the least heralded. Uh, I think Be Here Now is my least favorite one. Okay, well, that that one's just way, neither of them noise. are what's the story. Neither yeah. of them are yeah, the first two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think my thoughts on this movie are plain through the episode, so I'm just going to give it 2.25 black mouth vomit. Kudos to Linda and Janice. I could leave the rest. Right, yeah. All right, well, let's switch gears and head into the something to cheer section. And Alex, what are you cheering this week? Oh, my cheer is easy. Uh, so last week, I got to hang out with Luke twice, and that's <laughs> <Whoa>. my cheer. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> it was fun. It was good to see you, buddy. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was a good time. It was fun activities as well. Nice. What did you sing at karaoke? I don't know, because I miss karaoke. Me? Um, what did I sing? I sang the Shrek 2 song. I sang. Oh, you sang uh, "Accidentally in Love" by the yeah, that's the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I never remember the name. I just know it's the Shrek Two song. Yeah. I sang. I sang "Mr. Brightside," obviously. Yeah. Ooh, "Mr. Brightside," banger. Yeah. He killered it. I, I don't remember what else I sang. There was other. There was something else, but I don't. Remember. There were some ensemble songs. Yeah. Of course. Well, I mean, that's karaoke at its finest, especially with like the Shrek Two song. You're just like the end of the night. We we finished on "Hanging by a Moment" by Life. <laughs> no, <laughs> the whole room okay. sang that one. No, 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 <laughs> no, Luke. <laughs> you sang this with Joel. <laughs> yeah, which I made know. it a little funny for the rest of us, but we sang along. Yeah, yeah. Well, but now it's... forever, it is known as the sibling song. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny because like that was. There wasn't a lot of music we were allowed to listen to. There wasn't a lot of secular music we were allowed to listen to in the early 2000s when we were teenagers. 
But Lifehouse was this kind of like pseudo Christian band. They had like some Christian inspired songs, but they also were mainstream. So like Faith Plus One, POD, and uh, you know, there's some of these bands that were allowed in our house, and Lifehouse was one of them. So uh, okay, fun, 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 fun. All right, well, I want to see what Luke is cheering. Because I maybe have an idea, but I will ask. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely also cheering my trip to Calgary. It was my first trip back to Calgary <laughs> since I'd moved about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And so it was really good to see all the old friends and a couple of the uh, university friends. And I got to record a Liberal Soul podcast about video games with Matt and Justin. So that was pretty oh, fun. fun. And yeah, hanging out with Alex and going playing What's for Snack again and ball hockey. And I would say contributing to the team. Yeah, you did. Woo, we won. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Hell yeah. And then karaoke. It was just great. So yeah, I'm cheering that. Nice. That oh, that's so fun. Seeing Alex again. Nice. Yeah, I wore my What's for Snack t-shirt climbing a couple weeks ago. Mm. And I was just like, what's for a snack? What's for a snack? <laughs> what's your snack again, Billy? Cheese strings. That's right. Cheese strings. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember what. I know Alex is no dishes. I couldn't remember yours. Pop-Tarts. Pop-Tarts, of course. <laughs> So I'm just strudeling you along. Um, Yeah, my cheer, I mentioned it sort of at the top, but I, at the time of recording, spent a week in Colorado with Amy. Uh, It was really nice to celebrate her birthday and have a Canadian Thanksgiving in America at the time. Is that similar to uh, an American werewolf in London? (laughs) Slightly more blood, Mm. but... So, I hope I hope you're talking was, about the movie. <laughs> oh, I'll never tell. But no, it was really nice. We went to this like art exhibit thing that was like interactive. It's called Meow Wolf, which sounds about exactly as wild as it is. It was like this crazy big building with like four sections of like different universes and and it's all handmade artifacts and settings and stages designed by local art. I think it was local artists or traveling artists or something, but it was like it was like walking through an acid trip and a dream and just not really knowing what to make of it. But there was like a story that develops as you go through and you read the stuff. And it's pretty cool. It was definitely an experience that was overwhelming in all the best ways. And uh, if it ever shows up, if, if you ever get a chance to see an exhibit called Meow Wolf, which is a hard thing to say, check it out because it really cannot... You cannot do justice with explaining it. So that's my cheer. That was a great time. And oh boy, I still don't know what to I still don't know what to pick for next week. <laughs> but we will get into that in just a second. First we're gonna do some credits. So yes, if you would like to support our show in any way, you can do so by leaving us a rating and review. Uh Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Anywhere you get your podcast, give us a rating, subscribe to it, tell a friend about it. It helps people discover our podcast. You can interact with us. Say hello on social media. We're at Nothing to Fear Podcast on Instagram. And I'm on Nothing I'm on Design Billy on my Instagram. You can also check us out on Twitter. NTF Pod is the handle there. And if you would like to support our show financially we do have a patreon which is patreon.com slash nothing to fear and at the time this episode comes out there should be something for patrons some new stuff for patrons but uh, i'm waiting on a little bit of mail to get delivered mm-hmm. before more information comes out about that so uh you gotta yes, remind me every you. every day billy because i i check my mail like once every two weeks alex check your mail okay <laughs> 
Check it tomorrow. I'll text you again. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the patrons that, that do support us. It really is great. And, you know, we are small, but we are mighty. And we'd love to have more of you joining on the conversation. So patreon.com slash nothing to fear is where you can join our Patreon as little as $1 a month. We'll get you in there. Uh, what's next? Luke, you also mm-hmm. do podcasts and things. Yep. What are they? Uh, there's The Liberal Soul and Really True Fiction available on all fine podcasting apps of your choice, as well as Full Spectrum Cinema in Nelson on Kootenai Co-op Radio Tuesdays, 3 p.m. If you like movies or you like right. hearing my opinion on movies, that's a good thing to listen to. And the links are in the bio for that, so check that out. Mm-hmm. Alex, where can people interact with you? You can find my daily song a day playlist on Instagram at one song a day, all one word, W-A-N. And there is a link to the Spotify playlist in that bio. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you should check it out because there's some good songs. Thanks, Billy. Okay. Yeah, no worries. Okay, so next week is week three of four for Creepy Doll Month. There's one more Annabelle movie that we could watch or we could do something else. And I really don't know which way to pick. Part of me is wrestling with the desire to finish off a trilogy and just be done with the Annabelle. Just just say we're 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 done with it but part of me wants to watch a movie that has a chance of scaring me more so i need your help i need your help i'm i'm wrestling with either annabelle comes home or the boy which also has a sequel i need you to cast some votes and hopefully not leave me with the tiebreaker (laughs) does annabelle come home is that the one with uh josh wilson i don't know oh (laughs) I think you mean Patrick Lambert. (laughs) Josh Wilson. Uh, Patrick Wilson. Even I know that. Luke? I will say this. I will say this as kindly as possible. You picked this month, Billy, so the responsibility is on you to pick the movie. God damn it. I knew that would happen. (laughs) Well, chances are, chances are I'll pick the one you don't pick, Billy, because there's not that many. All right. All right. You know what? Fine. Let's let's just keep it all clustered together. Let's do Annabelle Comes Home. Finish off our Annabelle movies and then palate cleanse with something else. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, Saw so 3. Check out that. I could pick Saw 3 and just you rub it in your faces. Three. <laughs> could. There's also like, apparently there's 10 movies in something called the Puppet Master universe. Oh. So those are apparently really campy and wild. So I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Annabelle Comes Home. And we're going to bring it home with Annabelle Comes Home next week. Woo! So check that out if you want to watch it. And remember, folks, they're just movies. There's nothing to fear.